listening to the Faithology Podcast with John Barrett, where you'll hear great ideas, interviews, and inspiration to help maximize your spiritual growth. Hey guys, I'm John Barrett, and I am so glad that you are listening to the Faithology Podcast today. Whether you are in your car, you're at home, you're on the treadmill, you're walking around the beach, or maybe you're flying high in the air. Hey, it's great to have you guys today. I believe we're going to have a great episode. Faithology Podcast is all about raising your faith to a new level so that you can experience the fullness of what God has. John 10.10 said that Jesus came to give life, but not just life, but life abundantly or to the full, to the max. And this is what this podcast is about, is to maximize your spiritual growth. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. We are having a great time with the Faithology Podcast. Hope you're letting your friends know about it so they can tune in and get some great content and get some great inspiration. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you today about the power of words. Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death. Man, the tongue is powerful. If I were to ask you, what is the most valuable thing that you have in your life? You know, you might say, well, it's my spouse or it's my kids or it's my car or my house or my job or whatever you ascribe value to. I'm here to tell you that the most valuable asset that you have is your tongue. It literally has the most power than anything else that you possess. It's that tongue with our words. There is power in our words, the power of life and death. And you think about that, that that's incredible. You know, I mean, think about how God, when he created the earth, God spoke it into existence. He used words to speak life, and all of a sudden, the earth came into be, the waters, the trees, the land, man, everything came into be because of the word. That's how powerful words are, and God used those words. And you know, God used a narrative when he used his words. If we think about it, every great story has a narrative, right? A tone in which the story is communicated. And, and, and depending on how good the, the narrative is, really determines how good the story is. I mean, we won't listen to a, a story or read a story if the narrative is bad, but when the narrative is good, man, it sucks us into that. And God used a narrative. When he used his words, he used a positive tone, a great narrative to what he did. He said that he created this and that, and then it says what? It was good. And I love that, how, how God said about his own words that they were good. He has a positive tone. He, he had this very life-giving narrative to what he, he said. And you and I have got to use our words in the right narrative. Because if we use them in the wrong narrative, we can bring death. But if we speak life, we can use that narrative to build and to encourage and to speak things into existence. That's the power that we have. Guys, we were created in God's image, in his DNA. And if God used words, if you words were that powerful, we were created in his image. So we have the ability to have power in our words. Our tongue holds creative power or destructive power based on how we use it. So what I want to ask you today is this. Are you using your words in a positive narrative or a negative narrative? Because have you ever noticed this? The same, two different people can experience the exact same thing and they have two totally different narratives of what happened. 
I mean, think about this with your spouse or your kids or friends. You know, you, you go and you experience the exact same thing and you walk away with a totally different narrative. And we have the power to see things and to talk about things in a way that either can be from a good perspective or the wrong perspective. You know, I, I think about, you know, experiences that I've had with my wives. There's so been so many times that we've gone and we have experienced something. And when we look back on it, we have a totally different narrative on what happened. We saw different things. We looked at it a different way. We, we may have interpreted it a different way than the other person. And that happens. And, and, and so your narrative is so important because it's not what happens to you that really is powerful. It's how you explain and describe what happened to you that is really what's powerful. And here's what I mean by that. Take, take you know, a person that, that is in college, right, and, and they're in class, and they get a C, okay? They get a C from their class. They've been working hard all year. Now, was that good or bad? What kind of narrative is that? What, what, what is that? Well, it depends on the interpretation of the person that got it. So if they were expecting an A-plus in that class, wow, they are going to be really disappointed at that C. In fact, they're going to say, I don't believe it. I can't. How, how did I get this? This is terrible. My parents find out they're going to be so upset. I'm frustrated with myself. Am I not good enough? What's wrong with me? Right? It's going to come from sort of this negative narrative. But in the same way, if that person who got a C was expecting to fail and get an F, and they found out they got a C, they may say, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I got a C. I thought I was going to fail. I can't believe it. This is awesome. I can't wait to tell everybody. I passed the test. I made it. I passed the class, right? So it depends on your narrative, on what happened. Same thing with money. Remember when you first got your first paycheck and you had to fill out all those tax forms and all the withholdings and exemptions and all that, and you weren't even really sure how much you were going to get. And when you got that check, well, some of you, you were really disappointed because when you saw the check, you went, you got to be kidding me. They took that much money out. I can't believe it. I was expecting so much more. But then some of you may have been the total opposite. When, when you got that paycheck, you were expecting it to, to be less. And when you saw that it was more, you were excited. You were like, this is incredible. Think about gifts with our kids. You know, sometimes we have this expectation of they're going to love this gift for Christmas or something like that. And they open it and the kid's like, eh, yeah, whatever. And you're like, what? That was an amazing gift. Or vice versa, how many times if you've got kids, you got them something and it was just this little trinket that was cheap and meant nothing and you bought it for them just in passing and they were super excited about it like it was the greatest gift they ever received and you're thinking what is the deal well listen it's because it's how we interpret what happens to us that really makes the difference our narrative in the words that we use have power so when you describe your situations in life that displays the level of faith that you have i hear so many people and, and they talk about their situations and it's just from this narrative that's so down and out and you just wonder where's your faith where, where, where is your trust that God's going to come through? You know, I think about David in the Psalms and David said that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David was honest. I mean, you know, he didn't sugarcoat it. He said, look, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but here's the deal. He didn't stop there. And I think there's so many people that stop right there. They say, oh, John, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, period. And it's bad. Right? I mean, it just ends. I mean, there's no hope. There's no life. There's no faith. But, but David didn't stop there. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, here we go. He said, I will fear no evil. 
Look at that faith speaking. So he was honest about a situation, but his narrative was one from a faith-filled, positive outlook that said, you know what? I'm going to fear no evil because God is with me. He comforts me. He guides me. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. David spoke from a narrative that was filled with faith. And I'm telling you that when you begin to speak a narrative of faith, your life will begin to change. I guarantee it. Sounds like an infomercial, doesn't it? I guarantee it, money back. But I'm telling you, because I know that the word of God is built on faith. The very things that God wants to do is based on the currency of faith. And when our faith increases, incredible things happen in our life because God wants us to speak from a place of faith in life. So what's your narrative, guys? What's your narrative? How are you using your words? How are you describing your situations? How are you describing your opportunities? How are you describing the the challenges in your life? And I guarantee you, if it's one from a negative narrative, you're always gonna live underneath that limitation. But when you break through the narrative of, of unbelief and you start speaking faith narrative and you start speaking trust narrative and you start speaking with a can-do attitude, you're gonna begin to break through the limits that are on your life. Words are powerful. Check this out. The other day, I, I was I was thinking about this idea of words and how powerful they were, and God just spoke the word into my heart. He said, John, I want you to look up the word communicate. And I was like, wow, communicate? Yeah, that's a great word. I wonder what the origin is. So I went and I looked up the definition of it, and you know, it, it's what I thought, you know, uh, uh, communicating to uh, uh, talk to somebody else and to have a conversation. But then I, I began to think, well, wh- what about the origin of the word communicate? What is that all about? So I began to look it up, and I found in the Greek, this is so incredible, guys. This is revolutionary. Check this out. In the Greek, the word communicate is koineo. And it means to have fellowship with or to be in harmony with. Wow. So when you communicate, that means that you're coming into fellowship and agreement with it. It's where we get the word community, guys. Think about it. Communicate and the word community or or, or cousins. Because when you communicate, you come into community. Or let me even break that down further. You come into unity with that which you communicate. The word uh, uh, um, communicate or community, it, it, there's a Latin word in there, uni, meaning one, uni, uni, unity comes from these words. So when you communicate, guys, you need to understand that God took this serious. The Bible says that when you communicate, you come in the fellowship with. So what I want to ask you is this, what are you communicating in your life? Are you communicating and coming in the fellowship with, with faith and the things of God and belief and trust? Or are you coming into fellowship and community with negative, destructive, hurtful things? How are you using that tongue that has the power of life and death? Are you coming into community with life or are you coming into community with death? Are you coming into fellowship with life-giving substance or are you coming into fellowship with death-giving stuff? So how are you using your tongue, guys? How are you using it? Ephesians 4.29 says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those that hear. I love that, guys. Listen, let no corrupt. It didn't say, well, try to let a little bit of corrupt, just not a whole lot. No, no, no. It said, let no corrupt talk 
come out of that mouth, but only what is good for building up. And that means that are you building others? Are you building yourself? Are you building up faith with your finances and your family and your opportunities and your job? Are you speaking life and building those things up or are you tearing those down? So here's what I want to get to today, guys, is we communicate to five different areas in life. There's five different things that we communicate to, and we've got to get it right. Because when we get it right, we begin to come into life, that John 10, 10, abundant life. But if we get it wrong, guys, we're going to speak death and we're going to miss the very things that God has for us. So the first question I want to ask and the, and the very first thing that, that we speak to is this. God. How are you speaking to God? That's the very first and foremost uh, person that we communicate with is God. So how are you talking to God? And the Bible is clear that God wants to be approached a certain way. I mean, think about it. In the Psalms, it says this, that, that, that to enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. So God said, listen, when you enter my courts, when you approach me, guys, there's a protocol. There's a way to do this, to bring life. And you do it by by coming into my courts with thanksgiving and praise. Think about Jesus. When Jesus taught us how to pray and talk to the Father, talk to God, Jesus said, listen, this is how you should pray. And he started it out with this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You see, Jesus gave us the model of how we should approach and talk to God. And that was a place of praise and thanksgiving, of lifting up the name of God. Listen, because when you lift up the name of God and you begin to call out his greatness, guys, your problems begin to shrink. When you start speaking faith-filled words about how big God is, about how he is father, he is creator, he is good, he's powerful, he's amazing, he's sovereign, he's in control, listen, your problems just begin to fade away. In fact, if you go to God with all a list of your problems, start off by telling God how good he is and all of a sudden you'll just get lost and your problems won't seem very big anymore because you'll start seeing how big God is. And I want to challenge us to... Approach God with words and come into community and unity with how great God is. Jesus said to approach God with this idea of praise and lifting his name. Before you get into your list of stuff, you just begin to speak out the very goodness and the grace and the mercy and the love and the sovereignty of God. Speak that when you approach God. Make sure that you talk to God in a way that comes into agreement with how powerful he is. So I want to challenge you that I'll never forget the first time I went to a Catholic church and, and I saw the sovereignty that they approached God with, the reverence. You know, and I walked away from that thinking, we've lost something in Protestant Christianity. We, we've become so free and loose and, and, and that we've missed approaching God as, as a king, as someone who is worthy. And I want to recapture that. And I want to challenge you that when you start your prayer, when you start talking to God, start it off with praise. Enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. The, the, the second uh, people that we talk to, the, the second area that we talk to that we've got to get this right is others, how we talk to others. Because the way you talk to others and the way you talk about them will determine the quality of relationships you have with them. So listen, you've got to make sure that you speak life over people, not death. 
Listen, if you want to have influence, it starts with your words. It starts with being someone who doesn't gossip. They don't slander. They don't talk about people. Hey, listen, instead of talking about people behind their back, why don't you start praying for them and praising them behind their back? How about that one? How about instead of talking, uh, you know, the water cooler chit chat about other people in your office, you begin to talk about them in a positive way and you build them up so that when you talk to others about somebody else, you're not somebody who speaks gossip and lies and slander and hurtful things, but you're somebody who speaks life because that will gain you influence. Colossians 4, 6 says this, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Check that out. Let your conversation be always, not sometimes, not when you're feeling good and positive, not when somebody's been really good to you and you can do it easily, but always, always always be full of grace. Let me ask you something. Are your conversations with people and about them full of grace? If I had to go back over this last week and and take an account of every time you talked about somebody or thought about them or used words to describe them or whatever the case, would we be able to look back and say, wow, that was full of grace? Or would we say, wow, that was full of a lot of hate. That was full of a lot of bitterness. That was full with a lot of pride and resentment. So make sure that the way you're talking about other people is right. And listen, guys, we can't use sarcasm to joke around. Can, Can I just open up about this? This is a big pet peeve of mine, guys. Listen, the word sarcasm comes from the Greek word sarcasmos, meaning to tear flesh and to rip it apart in rage. Wow. Guys, listen, being sarcastic and making fun of other people, it's just not cool. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't build up. In fact, it just tears apart. You may think you're just poking fun and just kind of, you know, being lighthearted. Guys, the person that's receiving it, they don't feel that way. I guarantee you. You know, you may think you're just giving them a little jab. Can I tell you what you're really doing? You're pulling out brass knuckles and you're giving them an uppercut to the jaw as hard as you can. And you think it's nothing, you know, big. It's just a little jab. But can I tell you, it's a big deal. And so I want to challenge you guys. Don't be sarcastic with your your, your, your friends, your coworkers. Hey, your kids, come on, man. There is no time ever to sit there and say, hey, what are you doing, goofy pants? You can't, you, well, you idiot, well, look at you. Look at, you can't sing. You can't, look at this picture. Well, you can't even draw a stick figure. Quit doing that stuff. Man, there's, there's no building. All you're doing is tearing down. All you're doing is ripping flesh apart. So I just want to challenge you. Man, don't be sarcastic. Be somebody that, that's life-giving. We never see Jesus walking around poking fun at people and picking at them and, and nitpicking and all this stuff. No. You know, we see him going around lifting and loving people. So listen, your words with other people are a big deal. And I want to challenge you. Make sure that you talk to people the right way. Jesus was so serious about this that he basically said, listen, you need to go get it right with others before you come talk to me. If you're talking bad about others, you need to go talk to them and make it right before you come talk to me. That's how big a deal it was to others. The third area that we have to get right that we speak to is our situations. The way you speak about your situations displays the level of your faith, guys. If you're always approaching your situations with doom and gloom, and I don't know if it's going to work out, can you believe this happened to me? And geez, what else can go wrong? And when it rains, it pours. My goodness. When you start talking that way, that displays your level of faith. And I'm telling you, sometimes that's not a good thing because it shows very clearly that your faith is very low. 
but you want to start seeing your faith rise up, start speaking about your situations from a place of faith. Just like David, is, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'm going to fear no evil. I love this. Check this out. Jesus told us to speak to our situations. I think about that. I mean, you know, can we talk to God about our problems? Yeah, but sometimes God says, listen, you speak to your problems. Oh, think about this, what Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20. He was a teacher. He was a rabbi. He was teaching the disciples. And this is what he taught them. He said this, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus, who, who did he say to speak to about the mountain? Did he say, speak to me? Hey, tell me to move the mountain. I'll do it for you. No, Jesus said, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Jesus said, listen, guys, you speak to your mountains. Yeah, I can speak on uh, uh, to the mountain on your behalf, but I'm trying to teach you that you've got power. I've given you power. I've, I've endowed power into you. I've empowered you to do even greater things than I did is what Jesus said. So he's saying, you speak to the mountain and you wield the, wield the power that you've got. So I want to challenge you. Are you speaking to your situations? Are you speaking to your finances? Are you speaking into your kids? Are you speaking into those challenges in your life? Are you speaking into those opportunities? You, you know, maybe you own a business or maybe you've got an opportunity or work. Are you speaking to those opportunities saying, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I just call forth finances to come into line. I, I, I pray that opportunities begin to open open up so that we can get out of debt and we can be better givers than we are now. And I'm praying for an abundance of wealth so that God can use us to make a difference. Are you speaking to your finances? Are you speaking to your situations? You know, I remember when I was in Belize on a mission trip, uh, we, we were going in to do this big drama in this town. We had about uh, 30 people with us, and we were going to go share the gospel. We had this whole thing ready, set up to go, and it just started storming. There was this crowded market with just hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people that we had an opportunity to share the gospel with, and it just started pouring and we couldn't do what we were going to do because we had to set up our sound system and do all this stuff to do it. And, and I'll never forget, we were on the bus with our team. We just began to worship and we just started speaking to the storm. And we just, as a group, all 30 of us just started staying in the name of Jesus, storm, stop and dry up so that we can go share the gospel. And guys, do you know what happened? About 30 seconds later, huge storm, by the way, came in. As fast as it came in, it was gone. And it cleared up and God opened up a door for us to go and share the gospel and people were coming to know Christ. It was incredible. And it all started because we spoke to the storm. Jesus spoke to the storm. He said, peace, be still. He spoke directly into the storm. So I want to challenge you, speak into your situations. The fourth area that we have to learn and get this right when we use our words is the enemy. You guys, we have the authority over the enemy. Luke 10, 19 says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And I want to challenge you guys. You, some of you need to start speaking from a place of authority into the enemy. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and, and, and spiritual places and against the powers of this dark world and in the heavenly realms. And so, guys, we, we've got a battle going on and we need to speak from a place of authority over the enemy. He may have a, a hand on your family, on things in your life. You need to speak and wield that authority over the enemy. You know what? When Jesus 
was in the wilderness, Satan came and he tempted him. He began to mess with Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? This is interesting. He, he spoke to the enemy, to Satan. And guess what he did? He quoted scripture. So if you say, well, John, how do I speak to the enemy? What am I supposed to do? You use scripture. That's why it's so important that you get into the word of God. Because when the word of God is in you, it'll start coming out of you. And when the word of God is in you, you can start speaking those scriptures into the enemy and reminding him of who's in control, of whose you are, and how God is faithful and God is in control. So you begin to speak scripture. You say, John, how do I speak to the enemy? Here's here's the deal. Speak scripture. That's why you've got to get into the word, memorize it, internalize it, own it, use it, wield it, say it, spray it, wheel it, and deal it, baby. You got to use the word of God and speak over the enemy because guys, we have authority. The last area that we speak into and and, and the person that we speak into is ourself. How are you speaking to yourself? You know, the way that you talk about yourself is a huge deal. You can either speak life into yourself or you can tear yourself down. And I want to challenge you guys. Listen, use your words wisely when you talk to yourself. Everybody talks to themselves, but the not everybody speaks to themselves and builds themselves up. And we've got to get that right. Guys, you are a masterpiece. You're created by God. How dare you speak negative about yourself? You are God's prized creation. You are his artwork, his handiwork. When you start speaking negative about yourself, you're basically saying, hey, God, uh, did you mess up? Did you screw up? What's wrong with me? You know, and, and when you do that, you're not speaking from a place of faith. James 3, 9 says this, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings, even yourself, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Listen, the Bible's basically saying this. You can't be singing the praise of God and saying, God, you're amazing, you're awesome, and then turn around and dog yourself and speak negative about who you are. Listen, you can't do that. You got to align yourself in the way that you talk to yourself with the way that God wants you to. You need to say, you know what? I'm created by God. I'm his masterpiece. I'm his son or I'm his daughter. I'm his child and he loves me. He's equipped me. He's redeemed me. He's accepted me. He's empowered me to be about his business. I may not be perfect, but I am called and I am redeemed by God. So you speak to yourself from a place of faith. You know, the person that has the greatest influence in your life is guess who? You. You are the one that has the greatest influence over you. And the way that you speak to yourself is a huge deal. Guys, Jude 1 says this, verse 20 through 21. But dear friends, use your most holy faith to build yourselves up, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the Lord Jesus Christ with his mercy to give you life forever. Listen, Jude is saying, listen, guys, you got to build yourself up. You got to pray in the Holy Spirit. You got to keep yourself in God's love. That means you got to encourage yourself. You, you, you've got to begin to speak life into yourself. Stop saying you're no good. Stop saying you're a failure. Stop saying you don't have what it takes because that's simply a lie from the enemy. You were created by God for God 
in a great way to do great things. And I want to challenge you. You're listening to this right now. You're not done. You're not through. You haven't hit your lid. There is so much more for you to accomplish, guys. Don't you settle for where you are. God has more, but you got to believe it. You got to receive it. You got to own it. You got to live it out with everything you got. You are God's masterpiece, baby. I am preaching. Come on, somebody. Listen, you got to speak life over yourself, guys. You got to speak that into your life. Listen, I want to challenge you today. How are you using your words? How are you using them, guys? There is power. In fact, the the tongue is power. It has the power of life or death, guys. And I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you. Start being serious about your words. This isn't some lighthearted kind of, you know, oh, that's cute. Yeah, our words. Yeah, I probably need to be a little bit more positive. No, no, no. Guys, this will change your future. Literally, you can change your destiny by the way you use your words. You can speak things into existence. You can speak life and build things up, or you can tear things down. It's all in the power of your tongue. Words will either construct or destruct. They're build or they're going to bulldoze. They empower or they implode. They motivate or they mutilate. They exonerate or they assassinate. It's up to your words and how you use them. And I want to challenge you guys, make sure that that tongue is being used in a way that is life-giving, that is the way God wants you to, that you come into community and unity with the way that you communicate. Guys, I love you. You rock. I pray that God does incredible things in your life. This is the Faithology Podcast where you're going to get great ideas, interviews, and inspiration. Guys, I hope that you tell your friends about the podcast so that they can subscribe and be a part of this so that they can get value, so that they can get inspired to be everything that God has called them to be. I'm believe in great things for this podcast for your life and listen you were created for greatness by a great god i hope you guys have an awesome 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 rest of the day we'll see you guys next time thank you for listening to the faithology podcast to get more of john's resources visit his website at www.johnbarrettblog.com